This is episode number two o two. How to break the stigma around play with Jeffrey Harry. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. A first one being an invitation to our upcoming call this Saturday called Courageous Conversations. This is something that we've started approximately a year and a half ago, maybe even longer, with the intention of bringing our community even closer, as well as creating a space for each and every single one of us to be able to better process and understand our own individual stories. If you'd like to know more details about how to join any of these upcoming calls, as well as the one this weekend, please leave us a message at overcomingodds.today to which we'll respond with all the details about how you can be a part of this community. The second announcement that I'd like to make is this. If you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm glad that we're able to connect. And in fact, I remember the conversation that you and I had initially and the opportunity to share our stories. And so I'm glad that we're able to create this space and discuss this topic of play and all the stigma and how we can incorporate more of it. It's a really fascinating topic, even as I was thinking about it, because I've realized that throughout my own experience, as I started to age, the concept of play became a lot more distant in my life. You know, and I think part of it comes from, I think maybe just this assumption and expectation that as you grow up, kind of have to give up some of those things that when you were younger, when in reality, those could be the catalyst to some of the most creative moments in one's life. (laughs) So when you and I connected, I was like, I've got to have this conversation with him because I mean, not only are you talking about it, but you're actually doing it every single day. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, just thinking off of what you just said, Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is so I was listening to your podcast with Benita and you said, you know, really addressing my story and recognizing that it's an old story and me being able to let go of that story, like changed my life. And if you think about it, when you're a kid, you have no stories. Yeah. You're just like, you're just like making stuff up all the time. You don't really care what your story is. Like you're not, you're not trying to uh, constantly validate your BS story. But, you know, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, like, you know, personal transformation doesn't happen until you get tired of your own BS. Mm. So it's just like when you finally address it. And you're like, okay, what is the BS I've been telling myself? My BS way back when, like back in March was like, oh, I don't have time to make videos. Quarantine hit, hit, it was just like, guess what? You have all the time in the world. Now I make a video a day. So it's like, I think all of us, you know, if you're talking about overcoming odds, all of us have to address what is the BS that we've been telling ourselves? What is the old story we've been telling ourselves? Mm -hmm. And can we embrace this kid 
like play oriented mindset and just let go of that story and see what is possible. When did that make sense for you? Like, when did it make sense for you to start tapping into that inner child and that, those play things that you used to do? Like, did something shift in your own life that said, hey, I got to do X, Y, and Z differently, and this is the way that I'm going to approach it? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you the shortest version of this story, but it was, it was when I was 13, and I remember I was trying to get accepted by the cool group, right? You know, and I'm Filipino and black, so I have this like big afro. And I remember putting like moose in my hair to make it like have bangs because all these kids bangs. And it was just like, you know, I put Z Cavaricis on Jacar Noir, and I was just, I was just trying to pretend like, you know, whatever I needed to do in order to get validated, in order to get become cool, right? And I remember going to this, um, this pool party, and I. God, I so badly wanted to get into this pool party. And I remember they weren't letting anyone black in the party. And they actually just threw out a racial epithet and were just like, yeah, we're not letting anyone in. And I remember my friend lying and telling them that I was Latino so I could get into this party. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting in. And as soon as I got in, I got this like wave of relief. I was like, oh, finally I'm in. I'm in with the cool crowd. But then I felt like I had left all of me out there like who actually I was. And I, I, I finally had a, gotten all that I wanted and it was nothing of what I wanted, right? And I felt like I gave up on who I was. And I felt so lonely at that moment when I was surrounded by all these cool people. And I was just like, I never want to feel this way again. I just don't because I felt, I didn't felt that lonely in my entire life. So I remember, you know, when I was in high school, you know, uh, just making games up in my basement and then all of my nerdy friends would come and hang out with me. Like no one that wanted to be cool and just wanted to just chill and be themselves. And what's ironic is the se- the thing I did in my basement is exactly what I do now, <laughs> is I create safe spaces for people to be themselves. Um, because I just, I felt like whenever you're striving to get that external validation, it never is enough. It just mm-hmm. is never enough. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that myself. I mean, starting from middle school days to high school and seeking out those groups, those external influences in order to fit in, to feel like I belong. And I just realized that with that particular thing, and I think this is true across many of the other topics in life, like there can always be more. Yeah. There can always be better. So as soon as I got into that group, my next realization or the next question was, well, what's next? Yeah. Here I am here now. Now, how do I get into this group? And then yeah. how do I get into the group beyond that? Yeah. And I think it's a never-ending journey. It's just, it's just never, it's exhausting. And, and the part about it is just like, we are reliving high school all over again, every single yeah. time in college. You know, when you go to work, you're constantly looking for external validation. And Viola Davis says this quote of like, you know, with every decision you make, you either chase you either claim who you are or you end up chasing your worth for the rest of your life. And how many people do you know chasing their worth? And if you think, if you believe that once you accomplish this, then you'll be happy, you know, yeah. just simply look at the recent HBO documentary with, with Michael Phelps. 22 mm-hmm. gold medals. 22. And he went into depression right after. Right after. 
and so many other accomplished people. You know, I reference something called affluent deadness, where I know a lot of rich people, I know a lot of famous people, I know a lot of influencers with a lot of followers, not very happy like just deadness in their eye, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and when you, when you like ask them, like what's happening? Like, like you can tell they're either paranoid about losing all their wealth or they're not, their, their net worth is 5 million, but someone else is 10 million, or they're just super sad because they thought when they got to this echelon, when they got to a million followers or when they got, you know, this net worth or when they became this famous, that everything would work itself out. And it hasn't. And it just like is crushing them. And then they have the audacity to post on Instagram that they're so happy. And it's like, dude, I know you're not happy. So then they're selling this lie to all of us. And then we're all trying to get back up there and nobody's happy where they're at. And this is why I talk so much about play because play is all about being in the present moment. It's falling in love with the process right now. It's being fulfilled right now. You know, like, what is it? Uh, one of the biggest regrets of the dying is is I wish I had lived the I wish I had the courage to live the life that I wanted to live, not the life of others. Mm. And it's just like, how do you want to show up right now? How do you want to show up today? How, you know, how do you get paid to be yourself? Like just figuring out like what makes you tick instead of trying to people please everyone else will just take such a load off of you so you can actually overcome the odds that are getting in your way. What would you say is the difference between describing and tapping into play when it comes to adults and kids? Oh, I always answer it this way. The reason why adults don't play enough is because 148,000 knows, dude. <laughs> like, like by the time you're 18, you have, you have, studies have found, you have heard the word 148,000 times, the word no, and you've heard the word yes, maybe eight to 10,000, depending on how you were raised, right? So you have all of that, right? Then, then you go to school where you're should on all the time by your teachers and by adults. And they're like, you should do this, you should do that. Like I'm six, why are you telling me what I should do when I'm six <laughs> years old? And then you get to, and then you get to high school and even now where you're like bombarded with social media and all of it is telling, you're getting, you're getting more information in a day than people are getting in 1950 in an entire year, right? Mm -hmm. And all that information is telling you you're not enough. It's telling you follow this person, buy this product, get this webinar, like all these other things, but don't do you, don't be you. That's the worst idea. And then anytime you do anything mischievous, you know, uh, or, or just playful or just yourself, then you're told you're being too much. So it's such a rebellious act to play, right? It's such a big deal. Like, dude, you're, what, you've done like over 160 episodes? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure when you start your podcast, people are like, why are you starting it? That doesn't make any sense. What's the <laughs> ROI value? Yeah. I don't get it. Well, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And you're like, I'm just doing it because I want to. How about yeah. that? Like, can I just do that? And, and I don't think enough of us follow our curiosity and just do things that we think are really interesting. You know, because if you did something, if you're like, you know, I want to just get in a costume and start dancing around my house today. You never know what might happen. You might start doing that and then you might have some epiphany or some idea that will take you somewhere else. If you think about our lives, we plan it out in such a linear way. But when you look back at your life, none of it is linear. So why are we planning? Why are we planning so much? Why are we not just playing and trying to be present in the moment and following our curiosity and seeing where that takes us? Where do you think that comes from? What do you think the whole concept of planning out your life to the T 
comes from? Oh, fear. Oh, yeah. just, just straight fear, right? It's just like you need to control every single thing. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, you know, someone, you know, when people say like, just be yourself and you're like, okay, what does that even mean? Right. Especially mm -hmm. when you're in high school and it's just like, you know what being yourself is not being perfect. It's the, it's the antithesis of perfection. Play is the antithesis of perfection because there is no result. Like I define play as any joyful act where you're fully present in the moment. Like you're fully, you're fully in love with the process. You forget about time. You don't have anxiety about the future. You don't have regrets about the past. You're just fully in the moment. You're in love with it, right? And when you're, when you're trying to be perfect, you're trying to control everything. Yeah. And if you look at the reason why 2020 was so rough for so many people is because they had this vision of what 2020 was going to be, right? Yeah. It's going to be my year 10X. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do all these things. It's going to be because it's 2020. And then it didn't happen. And people, right? Adults, expectations are the thief of joy, right? And because we had so many expectations, we, we weren't able to let go of those expectations. And then we we suffered because of that. And the people that were able to thrive in 2020 or the people that could thrive in 2021 or the people that are willing to let go of those expectations, be fully present in the moment, follow their curiosity and see where that takes them instead of trying to plan out everything. Because frankly, none of us are in control of anything. Yeah. And the quicker we can embrace that, the quicker we can start to grow. Yeah. So throughout your work and just the different things that you do around this concept of play, how for anyone that's listening, where would where could one begin yeah. in approaching that concept? Like how do you tap into it? You know, yeah. are there certain questions that you use as kind of anchors? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so I have these two. Reality. I have these two exercises. I mean, I probably have multiple, but I have <laughs> two. I have many. But let's start with just these two. So the first one, I I partly learned from uh, my play mentor Gwen Gordon, who says you can't play until you soothe yourself, until you calm yourself down. Like you can't play in an anxiety-ridden state. You can't play when you're angry. Like you just can't. Um, and you actually adopt the nervous system of the person that took care of you the most. So whoever like, you know, took care of you, you learn how to soothe yourself from them. So if they had challenges, then you have to obviously address that as well. So then you first have to calm or soothe yourself. So how do you do that? Ask yourself, how do you do that? I go in the shower. When I go in the shower, I have all these flood of ideas. Other people go and walk all over the place and they, they have a flood of ideas. Other people do morning pages. But what is the thing that calms you or soothes you? Some people meditate, but whatever you do, figure out that way of soothing yourself, not numbing yourself, binge watching style, but actually soothe yourself. Then the second thing I challenge people to do, which is really weird for a play guy, but like I tell people to get bored. And by bored, I mean stop binge watching Netflix, stop looking at social media. And I'm not talking about forever. I'm not even talking about for a whole day. I'm talking about two hours, one to two hours. And if you say, oh, I don't have time, look at your phone. Your phone tracks how much time you're on there. You're on for yeah. five hours a day at least. You have time. So get bored, shut off. Because like I said earlier, you get inundated with so much information. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm dead scrolling, like just scrolling yeah. endlessly, yeah. I can't listen to myself. I can't hear myself because I'm getting so much information. It's all, it's all telling me everyone's made everything already. So there's like nothing for me to do. Right. So get bored. And then after you get bored, then you can get quiet enough 
to start listening to that inner child, that inner curiosity. And it's going to whisper something to you. It's not going to be loud. It's going to whisper something that is both exciting and also kind of scary. Like, ooh, create a video. Ooh, start a podcast. Ooh, reach out to that person I've always wanted to reach out to. Ooh, dance in your room with, you know, while wearing your, like, you know, while wearing one of these, like, it's like, it's like just random stuff, but you follow that curiosity because what you're trying to do is you're trying to strengthen that intuition muscle because you haven't been listening to that inner child for a really long time. And finally it's like, Oh my gosh, you want to, you, you want to play? I want to play on this play. So, so that inner child is constantly wanting to talk to you. You just have to get quiet enough to listen to it. The second, if that is just like, oh, that's too kind of woo-woo for me. The second mm -hmm. one that you can do with your friends, which is really good, is reach out to three to five of your closest friends. And you're going to ask them these two questions. What value do I bring to your life? And when have you seen me come most alive? And the reason why I say what value did I uh, do I bring to your life is because you don't know what you do for people. A lot of times we forget or we've never heard it before. So what value do I bring to your life? Like, why are we friends? What do I do for you? And then the second question, you know, when have you seen me most alive comes from the Howard Thurman quote, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is for more people to come alive. So another way of asking what makes me come alive is like, when have you seen me most playful, most creative, most present, most having fun? All of those fall, fall under what value um, or I'll fall under, you know, what, when have you seen me come most alive? So what value do I, do I bring to your life? When have you seen me come most alive? You get the answers from that. Not only do you get so much love and affection, you're like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. I can, <laughs> oh my goodness. And you can even do this on social media with your friends and you'll get even more love and affection. So you'll feel really good, but then you'll have all these lists of like all these ways you could play. Like, oh man, like that's how I came up with the name of my, company rediscover your play is is people were like well you help me rediscover myself oh you help me play more oh you give me permission to play and it was just like rediscover your play and they were like yes that's it that's it right there so there's so much there and then if finally you're like yeah i know those are good ideas but you know i don't know if i want that then i ch i challenge you to do the tipsy storm which i just did with a friend of mine the other day and what that is is you take all those ideas that you have gotten from being bored and getting from your friends um, and you share them with your friends while you get tipsy on a Zoom call. So however you want to get tipsy, that's alcohol, that's chocolate, that's, you know, ice cream, whatever you do to get loose. Mm -hmm. And then you brainstorm with them a bunch of ideas and you write them all down and then you go to bed and then you wake up in the morning, you look at the list and you circle the one you most got most excited with and you just do that and just see where it takes you because your friends will want to see and help you to play more. Wow. This is a question that, you know, you or I may not, may or may not know the answer to, but when it comes to just play and the different things that happens like inside of your, your brain, inside of your body, what actually happens when oh, yeah. you go into the play mode? Yeah, when, when you go into what I refer to as the flow state, mm -hmm. um, you know, so your, your brain is usually at a beta state. And when you're in a beta state, you know, your, your prefrontal cortex, that's where your inner critic is, the one that's protecting you from all the dangers in the world, is quite loud, right? But when you go to a flow state, you go through something called hypnofrontality, where actually your inner critic starts to dissipate. 
And this is why, and then time gets distorted. This is why you forget about time. And then what happens is your implicit mind appears. You become highly creative, highly curious. You get a shot of dopamine and, you know, your brain, you know, starts, to, you know, just it's, like it, it's exploding, you know, with all these ideas. And you, and instead of seeing just one possibility, you see all these opportunities in front of you because you're in this creative flow state. And you felt this way when like, for example, you've traveled and yeah. you like wake up in the morning and you're like, what do I want to do today? I don't know. I'm open to whatever. And you're willing to say yes to whatever. Like, sure, I'll hop on this moped. Sure, I'll go to this deserted island. Oh, all of a sudden I'm like, you know, at a party under a full moon and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> willing to say yes, right? I'm just willing to play and follow my curiosity. And the more we can embrace that, you're not always going to be in a flow state. You shouldn't always be in a flow state anyway. That's not good. But to just be, to set up the parameters to feel like that is really important to actually tapping back into your inner child. What's the danger of always being in a flow state? Well, I think, I think with anything, it's results oriented if you're constantly wanting it, right? Mm -hmm. I think Abraham Hicks says like something about, you know, if you go to a buffet, do you want to eat all the food all the time? Like you need a break, <laughs> like even yeah. all happiness, like positive psychology talks a lot. I study a lot of positive psychology and it talks a lot about allowing all the emotions to be in, you know, toxic positivity is all about like, let's be happy all the time. That's delusional. You know, that, that's not a healthy space, but positive psychology is like, let me embrace feeling sad. Let me embrace feeling anger. Let me embrace feeling happiness. Let me feel all of the feelings together, like kind of like Pixar's inside out, you know, and then letting them flow through me and then letting them go. And that's more of a healthy space of like, sometimes you're in flow, sometimes you're not. You shouldn't beat yourself up when you're not. I think we spend a lot more of our time constantly beating ourselves up and instead of just allowing ourselves to play. With that said, do you seek out the other set of emotions then? Like the sadness and the things that- I don't know if I seek or... them out, but when they're there, I sit and sit with them. Show up. You know, like I, I think of when my dad passed away in 2015, you know, his brother showed up. His brothers hadn't seen each other until uh, since their mom died. So this was like 30 years. So they were seeing each other for the first time and I'm surrounded by family, you know, and I'm feeling grief and sadness, but also then I'm feeling joy and gratitude to being surrounded by all these loved ones that I haven't seen yeah. sometimes forever. I've never met some of his brothers. So it's like, at first I was feeling guilty. Like, should I feel this? Should I feel joy and gratitude? And I was like, wait a minute, I can feel both. I can feel joy and grief and sadness and, and the gratefulness and happiness. And it's just like, it's a much more complex way of living than again, us trying to control everything and be like, I'm going to feel like this now. I'm going to feel sad for four minutes. And then I'm going to go over here and then I'm going to feel this and feel that. Right. And grief isn't like that. Like I still get sad sometimes thinking my, my dad five years from now. But meanwhile, sometimes when I remember when I was, you know, when after you passed away, people were like, are you better? Like, are you better now? <laughs> you know, like, like people just want to fix everything. And it's just like, yeah. you can't, you can't fix this. This is just something that you ebb and flow kind of like a roller coaster. So you might as well just feel all the feelings. Yeah. You know, as you were sharing the whole story of, or the whole concept of saying yes to opportunities, the thing that came to mind was a movie that I saw 
quite a few years ago. You might have seen it yourself. Yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like I just remember as you were sharing it. There was that scene where I think he goes to that seminar, and uh-huh. he says no when he's asked yeah. a question, and the guy comes up to him and is like, "Say yes, yes, yes," and then everyone around the room is chanting yes. And after that, he literally says yes to everything. Everything. The board. <laughs> and watch, and watch. He was saying no, right? He was saying no so hard because he wanted yeah. to control it. And yeah. I'm not saying like you have to go to that extreme, but you, <laughs> be, but you should be more curious to be like, why don't I want to say yes to this thing? What, yeah. you know, what, you know, whilst having boundaries, but it's like, what, what is my curiosity saying? I think a lot of times, uh, what is it? Will Smith said this after he leaped out of a helicopter and bungee jumped into the Grand Canyon. He goes, you know, on the opposite side of fear is everything you've always wanted. It's yeah. all there, which is yes. true, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure when you first started this podcast, you were like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. And now it's just like, it's evolved into something else that you never thought yeah. possible. But if you would just listen to your fear, this would be like a few years later and you just would have not done anything. And yeah. now instead you've like met all these amazing people. So it's like, man, like the possibilities when we're willing not to ignore the fear because uh, I think Brene Brown says this, like bravery is not ignoring the fear or blocking out. It's yeah. embracing the fear and doing it anyway, right? It's just like, it's there. I'm scared and I'm going to leaf off of this diving board anyway. And, and I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm not ready because I'm not, I'm still scared. It's just like, dude, the fear is the sign that you should do it. If you're both excited and fearful, do that and see where your, your life takes you. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I'll also add on to the whole concept of fear. I think far too often throughout my own life, I was, whenever I was approached with the concept of fear around other people, especially I was taught to reframe it in a way so you, you don't make it real. You know, like face everything and rise or like whatever the acronyms were. And right. I think to a degree, so I believe every person's perspective is right. However you're seeing the world is right and however I'm seeing the world is right, according to the lenses that we have. Right. So in that case, I had realized that even though there are different ways to look at fear, what I was actually doing was I was not acknowledging the fact that like, Fear is real. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, the mechanism behind fear, it's a real thing. It's Absolutely. a real feeling. And so I think acknowledging it and stepping into it, when I started to do that, I mean, my perspective shifted. Yes. Then I would actually step into it and say, okay, yes. yes, I am afraid and not try and mask it with some other feeling. Yes. And then run into a problem down the road where I don't even know what the origin is anymore. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so true. It's fear. I almost see like the deep end of the pool. You know, yeah. like you gotta, you you gotta go there, and then like you gotta it's literally there. Yeah, you gotta sit with it. You gotta sit in it and be like, can I? Can I? Especially when you were a kid, you're like, can I go to the deep end of the pool and be okay? Yeah. Well, there's no ground. Yeah, I know. It's super scary. Do you want to go there anyway? Like, and the more we're willing to sit in the fear, we'll realize it's not going to destroy us. I think a lot of times we think the fear is just going to destroy who we are. And you know what's funny, actually? I remember my niece 
said to me once, uh, she was like, oh my gosh, if I talk to that guy, I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I talk to that guy. I remember her saying that to me. And then I was just like, is that true? But then thinking about what you said, her perspective is real. In a, in a way, it is true because the old story of her not being able to talk to guys would yeah. die with that. And then she would have to approach this whole new unknown area, you know? And I'm always telling people like, you're one risk away. You are one risk away from changing it all, changing everything. And I can't believe I'm quoting, we bought a zoo, but you know, with <laughs> David, but that movie, but the, in the movie, he goes, all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, right? 20 yeah. seconds of sheer bravery to do something and it can change the course of your life. That's so exciting that we have that choice every single day. Yeah, no, that, that is fascinating. And yeah, for anyone that's listening, we'll probably quote multiple other films throughout this, but, <laughs> but right, right. it really is as simple as that though. If you really think about when it comes to stepping into action and being able to, whether it's facing the fear or overcome whatever it is, all it is is, 10 to 15 to maybe even 20 seconds of courage. That's all it takes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's so scary too, because it's like, oh my gosh, is that true? Yeah. I can do it at any time. And it's also so empowering. So like both of those have to exist at the same time. So mm -hmm. Jeff, obviously you and I can talk for the next however many hours by now, <laughs> but out of the respect for anyone that's tuning in right now, what is the best way that people can support you with what you're doing right now? Oh, that's a good question. Support. So, so my whole stance is I believe play is the way in which we can, in many ways, save ourselves and save the world. I know that sounds super corny, but you know, I really resonate with the Howard Thurman quote that I said earlier, like, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, because what the world needs is for more people to come alive. And you know what people can do to support, not me, but just support the play movement, right? Because yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to Goodwill hunt your listeners for a moment, right? So do you, you remember the end of Goodwill hunting? Yeah. So, you know, Matt Damon, the genius, um, he can have any job he wants, and he's, He's at his, he's hanging out with his best friend, Ben Affleck, at a construction site. They're working construction. And Ben asks him, you know, when are you going to take one of these high paying jobs? And Matt goes, I'm not, you know, I'm going to work construction with you. We're going to raise our kids in Foley Field. You know, that's what we're going to do. And Ben turns to him and he's just like, dude, if I see you here in 20 years, I am going to kill you. Like, yeah. I'm literally going to kill you. And he goes, what? Well, what? What, I owe it to myself because I'm a genius? He's like, no, you owe it to me. And you owe it to everyone else at this construction site because anyone, anyone would give anything to have what you have. You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket and you're too scared to cash that in. So if I'm thinking about something that people can do for the world is you all are sitting on a winning lottery ticket. There is yeah. something that you, and maybe multiple things that you're here to do. And people, a person is waiting for you to show up and actually cash in on that winning lottery ticket. Not for you, but for them. They can't show up until you show up. They yeah. can't do their thing until you do your thing, mm -hmm. you know? 
Like, like Oleg creates this podcast. If he doesn't take this risk, you know, many years ago, I can't be here to share this yeah. message. So now you are hearing this message. So you, not just for, don't do it for you only, but do it for everyone else that's waiting for you to show up. Mm -hmm. Because if you're willing to show up, then other, you give permission for everyone else to do the same. So my I, question to your, to your listeners is, are you ready to show up? Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that I'm a huge believer that even though I have, a, I believe everything within me to be able to create whatever it is that I aspire for. At the end of the day, I do think, and I'll use this word wisely, I need other people. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to see people like yourself who are showing up in their own ways in order to be able to help me see differently, tap into other forms of curiosity and creativity that I haven't had before. And I think in being able to see that through other people, it, it gives you that fuel. It gives yes. you that motivation. Oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's like, we need each other, right? You know, like if anything inside out taught us, it's like, we need each other. We're leaning on each other all the time. Our energies are constantly connecting if you're in that woo woo space. So it's just like someone is really waiting for you to show up so that they can. So, you know, let's go. Yeah. Jeff, how do people connect with you and where can they find you? They can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com. Simply, when you get there, click on the Let's Play button. I have a bunch of play experiments there. And you can hop on a call with me and we can figure out how you can kick ass in this world by playing more. <laughs> I love it. We'll make sure we include all the different links as well as all the links to the movies that we referenced during this show. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of this. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.